0: jump in pretty quickly. So what I want to do is start with First Kings 11, verses 2 through 4. So as you're taking a few moments to look that up, I want to just say this. We are in week three of the Body of Christ series, and what I'm going to share with you today is about being wholly devoted unto the Lord, unto our God. Being a part of the body of Christ is very uh, significant and it can be very powerful and impacting, but only as impacting as it can be to its highest potential if we are walking wholly devoted to our Lord. So let's jump into, that is First Kings chapter 11, 2 through 4. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them. Them, by the way, was foreign women because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, They turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful. Let's pause right there. That also means wholly devoted to the Lord his God as his father David had been. So for the last several months, I just have to tell you, um, as, a, as a pastor and a minister, I, I've been on board here. I started serving when I was 16 years old. I'm 48 now, so you do the math. So I've been around the body of Christ and church and church families for the majority of my life. And I have to tell you, I've, been, I've had lots of seasons where, you know, you grieve with families and you, and you walk through lots of layers of pain, not only in your own life, but for others But I have to tell you, the layers of grief and even uh, disappointment that I've experienced over the last several months has at times almost been crushing on your behalf. Many of you come to us on a regular basis as pastors and say, will you pray with me? I don't know what to do anymore. My life literally seems like it's falling apart. At one time, I was this way for the Lord, but now I seem like I'm over here, and I don't know how I got from here to there, and walking through so much even confusion sometimes. So this message, wholly devoted to our Lord, sort of birthed out of those prayers, my prayer time with the Lord, praying for each of you, praying for not only our church, but our state and, and, our, and our families. And so as I, was, as I was reminded of this particular verse, King Solomon, one thing you need to know about him real quick is he was known as the wisest king, one of the wisest kings that ever lived. But it just goes to show you that even with, with you, have, you having power and stature and fame and all these things, disobedience to the Lord always opens a door and leads us down a path that maybe we never intended on going. So now let's move into the actual meat of the message. So where I really want to land is on the life of Daniel. So I don't, I don't know that we'll, uh, I don't know, we may reference this. I, I gave Miss Brenda back there lots of verses, so we'll see. But talking about the life of Daniel, gosh, this guy was fascinating, so fascinating to me. I, I can't not be so encouraged and inspired by the life of Daniel So, first of all, a little backstory on Daniel. He came from royal lineage, and he and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. By the way, that was their pagan names. That wasn't their given names. But those four men were hand-selected of royal uh, origin uh, from Israel because uh, Nebuchadnezzar wanted these men who would represent him well. And they had to not only be uh, handsome— but they had to be incredibly intelligent and very, uh, just kind of like the whole package of young men, athletic. They were like, they were the whole package, okay? So sometimes I think we picture Daniel. I don't know how you picture him, but before really being reminded of this, I I pictured him, I I don't know, not that. You know, we see the little little pictures in Bible school of the flannel. How many of you had flannels? Let's go back to Sunday school. And, you know, sometimes, you know, they're like, they look kind of like they're on their last leg. And, you know, I'm like, oh, wait, Daniel... But I do have an interesting story to tell you about that. Part of that is actually accurate, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. But Daniel, did you know that he actually, studies show that he was about 70 years old when he got put into the lion's den. Now, that will rattle you a little bit. But when he was hand-selected to serve for King Nebuchadnezzar, he was a young man, probably in his teens in that area, okay? But let's fast-forward he was put into a culture and a region very much like what we're living today. The world and the, the Babylon was known as such a pagan community. And I mean wealth and riches and just everything that screams at us today was very similar to how it was in Babylon. Lots and lots of everything they wanted was at their fingertips, okay? So imagine being offered this constantly but yet having the, the, the strength to, to not give in to that, even being, you know, a godly young man as Daniel was. So I want to just jump in real quick right here. So they had already been hand-selected, and this is going to be found in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. It says, But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. As a matter of fact, he asked. Uh, he spoke with the the chief attendant, and he said, "Will you test us for ten days? You know this food. You know I'm going to paraphrase. This food looks incredible, and thank you for preparing this gourmet." food for me i mean i'm a i'm a foodie i love give me a good meal and I'm, I'm pumped about that okay i i mean i when we're on trips jody will tell you if we leave at 6 a.m i'm already thinking about what we're having for lunch and supper i mean that's just how i roll so this is a big deal for him to be offered this kind of food and say you know what no thank you so fast forward and he he begins to to ask the the royal attendant hey Thank you for this incredible gourmet meal. But, hey, me and my guys, we really, you know, we feel like we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to eat this way instead, which was basically the Daniel Fast. Vegetables, nuts, things like that, okay? So you can imagine the attendant said, you don't understand. If you don't eat this food, I'm going to get in big trouble because it's going to look like I neglected. You guys, you've got to eat this. He's like, no, 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 just hear me out. Would you give us 10 days to eat this this clean fast. Now, again, he didn't call it that, but he said, eat this certain type of way. Give us 10 days. And in 10 days, if we're pale and malnourished and sickly and weak, then we'll talk again, okay? But what he discovered, let's pick this back up. So the attendant agreed, all right? And he said, okay, sir, I'm giving you 10 days, Daniel, but at the end of that, if it ain't looking good, it's meat and wine, sir. All right, so let's pick up at verse 15, chapter 115. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. All right, now I needed to set that up for you a little bit. Now let's fast forward to Daniel living all these decades and serving the king. And by the way, he was promoted a lot. He was, he was promoted quite a bit by King Nebuchadnezzar. So when you fast forward to chapter 16, Daniel... Uh, he, he was known as a man of prayer. He was known as a man of integrity. I mean, so many things that Daniel represents, okay? But here's the thing. Because the kings kept promoting him, the other guys in his peer group kind of started getting a little jealous. And they were like, we don't like this Daniel guy. He does everything right. We've got to catch him doing something wrong. Well, they couldn't find anything. Well, they knew that he prayed at regular times every day. And so what they said is, you know what? We're going to make a decree. We're going to have the king sign it that if you don't bow, if you don't bow and and pray to um, our God or our king on this day, in other words, if you pray at this time and it's not to who I tell you to bow down to, then it's you're done. You're history. You're you're being you're 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 being thrown into the, the pit uh, with the with the lion. So do you think that swayed Daniel? Even though Daniel had been offered everything, y'all, he kept his he kept his commitment. He kept his character and he kept his whole devotion completely to God, okay? So after he went, and, and here's the deal, this is gonna be chapter six. We're here at verse um, We're here, I love this, we're here at verse uh, 10. It says, he prayed three times a day, just as usual, as he'd always done, giving thanks to God. And then the officials went to Daniel's house and they found him praying, excuse me, they found him praying, asking for God's help. This is a beautiful picture to show me, y'all. Even in his 70s, He was still humbling himself before the Lord, and he was saying, God, I know, you know, because he could have said, Lord, even with all the promotions, even though I have high favor in the kingdom, with all these things, Lord, at the end of the day, I'm nothing without your guidance. Lord, I'm nothing if you don't show me. I'm nothing, God, if you don't give me the wisdom. I'm nothing, Lord, if you don't give me protection. Well, after they called him, it was shortly after that, that it says, the, the, so this is verse 16, so at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions, and the king said to him, may your God who you serve so faithfully rescue you. The king actually was hoping Daniel would make it. The king was tricked by his very own men to do this very thing to Daniel. So when we skip down to verse 19, the very next morning the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den when he called out there in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you faithfully serve able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered in verse 21, long live the king. May uh, God, My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. And I have been innocent in the Lord's sight and I have not wronged you, your majesty. And this is even more awesome. The king was overjoyed And he ordered Daniel be lifted up, and there wasn't a scratch on him. And the word says, for he trusted in his God. With so many things going on today, y'all, I feel like I know we've talked about this so much, and frankly, I'm kind of tired of hearing about it. But after the last two years of a pandemic and then natural disasters hitting our area over and over again, what I noticed happens when people get really tired and they get really, really um, worn out, is they start letting their "we." we start letting our guard down. You know what? I've had a rough day. I deserve a little extra. Man, I've had a last tough few months. Y'all, we all have. Every, every last one of us in this room has been tested and tried, and it feels like we've been thrown into the fire and the pit with the lions all at once. And some of you said, Lori, I wish I could say I came out without a scratch, but I feel pretty scarred. I feel pretty wounded. Well, can I tell you something? Even still, though, the opposition still came to Daniel. However, in the midst of it, what could have been the scariest day of his life He said, God, no matter what, I choose to keep the discipline to not only pray, but to trust you and be wholly devoted to my God, and I will not compromise. I will not bow. I will not bend, and I will not say yes to the appetites of my flesh just because everyone else is doing it. And just because, and this is where it can hit every one of us, including myself, just because we're weary and just because we're tired, sometimes that's when we say yes to the lust of the flesh the very most because something in our conscience says, but, Lori, you deserve it. I mean, it's okay this one time if you let your guard down. It's okay if you take this or eat that or watch that or hang out with this group of people that you know is going to influence you in the wrong way. It's okay, Lori, because you've had a tough last few years give yourself a little grace do not listen to that voice that is the lie of the evil one and I'm telling you this is a word from the Lord over our body and for every one of us including myself I'm not exempt from this y'all if we're not careful what will happen is what is called the slight edge principle you will be here I'm wholly devoted to God I'm wholly devoted to God oh man I'm getting weary. And then i'm wholly devoted to god and then little by little 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 little, you'll come and you'll go Lori, i never meant to be at this place in my life i don't know what happened i mean just a few months ago or just a year ago i was sold out to the lord and now everything's falling apart and i just feel hopeless and i feel so lost i don't know what to do Can I tell you there's a merciful Abba Father who is always ready and waiting, my brother and sister. He's always there to say, come home, son. Come home, daughter. Every single time. We serve a God who is so kind and so merciful and so, so good. You know, we started with kings and I did that for a reason because I wanted to loop back around in reference to that, because we many of us know about King Solomon and we know that he was called the wisest king, and his father was David, who is known as a man after God's own heart. That that he had just this heart that was so for the Lord. But can I tell you something about each of these men that is same but yet so different? David, his father, who who was a, an incredible king, he was sold out to the Lord. Y'all, he loved the Lord. But David had failures after failures where he slipped, he messed up, he fell into temptation. So did his father. I'm sorry, so did his son Solomon. But you know what the difference was between the two? This. Lord God, what have I done? What have I done, Lord? Heart of David. God, rescue me, Lord. I don't even know. My world is falling apart, Lord. This, I mean, I feel like I'm being attacked on every side and I'm being overwhelmed. Are you here, Lord. God, where are you? David, Solomon, his son, temptation came. It came. God said, don't do it, Solomon. Hey, don't do it. I'm warning you. Don't do it, Solomon. Solomon, listen, don't do it, Solomon. Solomon. And eventually, what was called the wisest, one of the wisest kings ever, or the wisest king, because of disobedience and compromise, 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 compromise. He completely, after all the fame and all the, the, everything prestige that King Solomon had, because of his compromise and not obeying the word of God and what he, God said, no, don't do it. Look what happened in his life. So think about this, the word compromise. It means to accept standards that are lower than desirable. To accept standards that are lower than desirable. Here's another meaning of compromise, and this is the verb, form of compromise. To bring into danger by foolish, reckless behavior. Okay. First of all, let me just say a disclaimer before I say this. I do not condone this series. Matter of fact, I hate every part of it, but I wanted to know what it was about a few years ago, so I caught a few glimpses of it. Who is familiar with Walter White from Breaking Bad? Who is familiar with Walter White? Okay. Hate the series. It literally turned my stomach, okay? I'm a sensitive person when it comes to this, but I'm like, what's the craze about this? Guys, this guy was a school teacher. I think he was a science teacher. I mean, come on, Walter. You had a lot going for you. The kids liked you. But Walter had some some issues in his life come up sickness, marriage was on the rocks a little bit, lack of money. So, in Walter's own strength, he's like, what can I do that'll fix this problem? So, here was this probably well respected science teacher, whatever, well known. Kids looked up to him. He was a role model. But he leaned on his own strength to fix the problem, and his life ended up in absolute disaster and chaos and ruin. That's exactly the same way, sons and daughters, what happens to us when we try to lean on our own strength. It's never, never, never going to work out. How many times have each of you said, and and I've said myself, God, I can't do it anymore, Lord. I just can't. I can't do it. And then I'm sitting there, I'm like, and all of a sudden here, it's about time. Um, You're right, girl. You can't do it in your own strength. In your weakness, I am made strong, says the Lord. When we're at our very, very lowest, do you know that when we are, I'm going to call that humility, or being humbled, the seasons of my life where I have felt the absolute just lowest of low, either about myself or about life or about a circumstance, and I have just poured tears into the carpet or wherever I happen to be at that moment. Do you know that's when I've actually heard the Lord speak to me the most clearly? Now, it wasn't, oh, it wasn't like an audible voice, Lori, do this. I was counting on it. I mean, I know even as a young person, you know, I got saved at age 13, and uh, I remember when when my bedroom door was open, I could see the smoke alarm and the little red light, and if the battery was low, it would kind of do different things. And I remember one time being like, Lord, okay, I'm ready. If you're gonna speak to me, I'm gonna need that to blink like five times in a row fast. and I'm gonna know that means to do this. Okay, go. I'll be like, okay, okay, I probably blinked. Okay, let's do it again, Lord. But I would always, even as a child, I wanted to hear the voice of the Lord so badly that I would... Put the fleece out constantly. I was constantly like, okay, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, and I'm going to just wait, okay, and go. And can I be honest with you, not to say that, that, that God doesn't move that way sometimes, but the majority of the time when I would hear the Lord was when all the noise of the world, and let me just say our modern-day Babylon, the phone's down, the TV shut off. I love radio and I even love worship songs and sets and all the things. But do you know that as much as I'm a people person and I like talking, most of the time when I get in my car, I want it silent because those are the times when I'm driving alone, I'm driving home, or I'm going to meet somebody or minister. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm listening. I'm listening, Lord. Or when I'm doing housework, that I would rather take a sla- an open hand slap in the back sometimes than scrub a toilet or scrub my shower. I, I just, ugh, I'd rather not do it. So I have to do things, and I'm, I've decided, you know what, instead of having a bad attitude about scrubbing a shower and a toilet, Lord, you know what, thank you. I'm gonna use this time to just flesh be quiet. You have a toilet. How many people don't even have that in this world? You have a home, you have, you're blessed, Lori. You, you, ha- and it, it, honestly, y'all, every time I start getting a sour attitude and I just feel aggravated, that's when it's like the Holy Spirit goes, hey, you kind of need a little attitude adjustment. We're getting a little, you know, a, a little uh, prideful and getting to where, have you noticed that, though? That's another thing I've noticed. In seasons of weariness, we, f- I find that everything starts irritating us. We get edgy and irritable. And I saw a post recently, and it said, uh, when you're exhausted and and worn out and finding yourself irritated, instead of quitting, don't quit. They said don't ever quit when you're like that. Pause and just take a moment to sit before the Lord. That, to me, it's when our flesh is the most stressed and the most just at its wits end. And everything we do feels on edge. Well, guess what, y'all? We've been through a lot of stress the last two years, a lot. It doesn't shock and surprise me how many people are going through so many different layers of things. So there's three things that, that as, as we close, because I, I want to take a time to really just reconsecrate, in other words, rededicate, re-surrender our lives to the Lord. This morning, I want to give time to do that today, but before I do that, I want to to kind of sum up what I've been saying in three different ways. And the first one is, thinking about the life of Daniel, exercise the no muscle. Learn to say no, even to things that are like, but Lori, this isn't a bad thing. I know, I know, y'all, but there's a million things all day that screams at us, go get another wood. go through another drive through get you another coffee. And listen, girl, I like, I, I like the village and PT. I like all that, just like all y'all. But there's certain days I'm about to like turn the corner and the Lord's like, hey, not today. Instead of appeasing your flesh, this afternoon, I want you to fast that. And sometimes y'all don't be like, well, the Lord never told me that, so I'm gonna keep, you know, I get it, I get it. But sometimes you have to start the discipline And then you start getting in a rhythm and you'll learn to pick up on the cues of the Holy Spirit quicker because discipline, I believe, is next to godliness. I'm just saying, Uh, y'all. Looking at the life of Daniel, he was so incredibly disciplined and seeing how God even way back then when he was saying, you know what, I'm gonna hold off on the rich foods for now because I'm in a season of fasting. Because you see, my God is preparing me for something special and significant and important that's gonna change the actual environment of this place. So I'm gonna say no to this so that way over here, when I'm in my 70s and I get thrown into a pit with crazy animals that could literally tear me to shreds in a second, because I said no to that, I believe, fast forward, 20 The provision of the Lord just ran after Daniel and the providence of God literally housed and protected him because, y'all, he prayed three times a day. He knelt before his God. How neat would it be if each of us, before we leave today, made a commitment that, Lord, three times may be extreme right now, but I'm going to make a commitment to at least one time a day, whether it's on my drive to work or it's before I allow myself to watch TV at night or whatever you do. That before I appease the flesh through social media and movies and all this stuff, I'm going to go, uh-uh. Because what I know is at the end of the day, after time, that's just going to lead me down paths that just really appease my, the lust of the flesh. And it doesn't bring me closer to the Lord. It doesn't keep me with the Lord. It's spending time in prayer and with the Lord that does those things. So exercise the no muscle. So incredibly important for sons and daughters. Y'all, we got to get better at this. I feel like we say yes to everything. What did Paul say? Uh, All things, not all things, but lots of things are permissible, but um, not all things are acceptable for for us personally. In other words, we can have lots and lots of things, but there are certain things that the Lord may go, hey, hold off on that and do this instead. It's a higher way of thinking. It's higher living, Come on, come up higher. Don't just live in the here and now. Think about future, everything you're doing affecting the future. Secondly, pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. It's simple, but oh so true. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is a God will for this is God's will for those of you who belong to Christ Jesus okay, this feels a little overwhelming. Lori, seriously, I mean, do you pray literally all day long? Okay, I don't intentionally go, okay, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. But I am mindful. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference. It's kind of like living a fasted lifestyle because you could say, Lori, how often do you fast? There are seasons that I definitely omit certain things for a week, two weeks, a month. But typically as I go, I'll go to do something and I'll go, you know what, I don't feel like I'm supposed to do that today. Is it permissible? Sure. Is it a sin? Not really. But it's not what's best for me. I'm calling you higher. Come on, come up higher. Let's let's make a decision like Daniel to live an excellent life, wholly devoted to the Lord. And then lastly is don't bow down to the gods of this world. Y'all, I mean, I feel like we seriously live in a modern-day Babylon Everything is pulling for us, pulling for us, pulling for us. And, y'all, if we're not careful, you'll be set. It'll it'll be a trap for you. I want to go ahead and invite the worship team to come up. If we're not careful, it will be a trap for us. Ask the Lord to give you eyes to see. Ask him to give you um, wisdom of when to say yes and when to say no. Because, y'all, sometimes you'll have your own family going, girl, that's okay. You deserve that but there's times you're going to know in your heart. I know it's acceptable, but I don't think it's what's best for me to to say yes to. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Living a life wholly devoted to the Lord. When I think about this, I I think about Galatians, and this will not be up on the screen, but Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25. I'm not going to read all this because it's a lot, but what I do just want to hit quickly, I would like any of you who take notes Please uh, jot this one down. Galatians five sixteen through 25. This talks about and spells out in detail the results of the sinful nature. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want to let that land for a minute. because I want us to be a church and a family that lives wholly devoted to our Lord, that we learn what the Word says. Y'all, this is our, this is our book. This is, the, this is our directions and instructions for life. And if it opposes the Word of God, you shouldn't be doing it. Why? Because it kills you. The reason why it's a sin, God didn't do it to take fun away. He did it because it hurts his sons and daughters that's why he says don't do it like I said the other earlier the slight edge and you're like but Lori I just do it every now and then okay and it may not be affecting you now or your family or your marriage but over time over time little here and a little there little here and a little there little you'll look up one day and go how did I get here I feel so far from the Lord I feel so lost I feel abandoned by God But please, please know that God is waiting for you, son and daughter. If you're sitting in here today and you are at a place where you're like, Lori, I've let my guard down. I've compromised. Remember the definition of that? To accept standards that are lower than desirable. You felt you got saved and you're like, Lord, I'm giving my life for you. God, you are my all in all above my spouse, above my children, above my job, above my hobbies. God, you are my all in all. See God, Pastor Jody talked about this last week. Our God is a jealous God. He doesn't want a sliver of you. He wants your whole heart. And I feel that many of us, and I'm gonna say us, cause y'all, it doesn't matter that I got saved at 13 and I'm 48 and I, I can truly say I've never Chosen to backslide again. I've never said I'm done with you, God. I, now, have I gotten disappointed and hurt? Of course I have, but but I but I have this reverent fear of the Lord because I have who what the revelations I've gotten from the Lord. He is so mighty and strong, and He and created this whole universe with His words. As a matter of fact, my father-in-law did a teaching a while back on Psalms 91, and I just happened to have that. Let me inspire you for a moment. The God and the Lord you serve— one of His names is El Elyon. This is what it means. He is the eternal and limitless. And limitless—I almost can't even say it. It's so awesome. Limitless? I can't say it. I'm not. But anyway, He has no limits. Okay. And He's ascending. But this is my favorite part. As the universe expands, limitlessly. So El Elyon continually, eternally expands and unfolds forever and ever and ever. Come on, Lord. Give us a revelation. Raise your hand. Give us a revelation of El Elyon today, Lord God. Let us know the ever unfolding one. You're not shallow and you never turn your back on us, Lord God. You keep saying, I'm here. I'm here, beloved. Come, come.